Hello, my name's Julie Pryke. I'm a mum, a grandma, or rather nana, to four kids, a storyteller and a children's author. This is Tell Tales to Kids, a podcast that helps you develop your skills at telling your own stories, making them up and sharing them with your children. Each time I'll try and give you new and easy tips to storytelling and at the end of the podcast... I'll also tell an example story for your children to listen to with you or for you to tell them yourself later. Uh, Today's subject is a naughty story, so let's get going. A naughty story? Why a naughty story, you say in horror? Well, what better title to attract children of a certain age? I feel that children need to know, firstly, just what naughtiness is. They need to be able to tell a difference between naughtiness, which is really taking action, which isn't uh, really approved of by the adult who explains the rules, is tempting enough to risk doing, or isn't understood as naughtiness. And the behaviour of some, which hurts others, which can make a real uh, change in their own lives or other people's lives which is not good and has consequences which may lead to a punishment. Then they need to know that it is okay to be naughty sometimes, that children, other children, are also naughty and that not all naughtiness is intended by the person doing it. It's also important for them to realise that, maybe with a little help sometimes, Naughtiness can be put right, and that grown-ups can be understanding. After all, I imagine all of you were naughty, as I certainly was. A story with this theme can both amuse and reassure a child and remind adults that a stern reaction is not always the most appropriate. It's quite hard to think of a naughty story, and it's probably best to work it out in advance. Otherwise, you may find yourself tied up in knots, probably by the questions the children ask you. You may remember something naughty you did as a child that you can build into a story, or an example of something you've seen recently, um, but not by your own child. So plan for the next time uh, you will see see or speak to the child and save it for after that real-life naughty occasion. They do happen, don't they? Don't offer it as a reward, but as a sort of discussion point or example to learn from. But don't offer it as a punishment either. We want them to enjoy it and learn from it. Um, But principally, enjoy, I suppose. We could have a long discussion about that. Don't offer it as a reward, then. Um, Just a nice bedtime story. These kind of stories are probably only suitable for six or seven-year-olds and younger. 
you can't really make the story too serious without having serious consequences. After all, you are describing mischief, not wrongdoing. Here's the first one I wrote, and it certainly amused my grandchildren with the older two being the characters this time. Tell me a story, tell me a story, tell me a story before I go to bed. You promised me that I would, you promised me you said you would. Tell me a story before I go to bed. Thomas didn't really mean to be naughty. He just saw what Finney was doing and thought it was funny. It had been raining overnight, so there were lots of puddles on the garden path, even though it was nice and sunny now. Finney was happily jumping in and out of puddles when she accidentally splashed Susie, the magic dog, and the dog barked in surprise and shook herself all over Finney, who just stamped her foot and splashed again. Thomas ran towards them and joined in. This time he splashed Finney and Susie at the same time. Susie flew up in the air and shook herself over the top of the children and soon all their clothes were muddy. So they ran round and round the garden, splashing, laughing, splashing and laughing, with Susie bobbing up and down and making them even more wet. Then Thomas had his idea. He decided to play a trick on Nana. He filled a bowl of water from the garden tap and then tied a big loop of rope around it. He climbed up the big tree and fastened the bowl onto a strong branch. He left one big bit of rope hanging down from the tree for Nana to reach. Then he asked Finney to go and get her from the house. When Namna came out, she called out to him, What's the matter, Thomas? I'm busy baking biscuits for tea time. Thomas said, Sorry, Nana, I've got this trick to show you. Then he called out, Just pull on the rope, Nana. Nana walked towards the tree and Thomas looked down at her. He was giggling away to himself, thinking how funny it would be when the water tipped on Nana. But when he saw her doing that, uh, that, he knew he had to stop her, as she was wearing her best penny and some baking gloves. He didn't want those to get wet. He hadn't thought his trick out properly. He called out, No, Nana, and leant forward to hold the bowl to stop it from tipping. But it was too late, and Nana pulled the rope anyway. As the water began to pour, pour out of the bowl, Thomas began to fall off the branch. Nana worked her magic quickly. She turned the drops of water into flower petals and then she magicked the rope and it wrapped itself round Thomas's ankle. Suddenly he was standing, uh, hanging upside down in the tree. Can you imagine that? Finney and Nana started laughing. And Susie barked excitedly as she floated up to Thomas and licked his upside-down face. Sorry, Nana, said Thomas, and Nana lowered him down safely to the ground. You silly boy, Thomas, she said. When I was baking, I could see what you were doing out of the kitchen window, and I guessed 
what might happen. I'm glad you changed your mind about splashing me. Now let's all go inside and see if the biscuits are ready. And they were, and they both had one with a nice cup of hot chocolate. And now it's over to you to plan how you might tell such a story. First of all, think who is going to make the most mischief or play the trick. Is it a girl, a boy, an animal, whatever? Think who they'll do it to. Is it to their parent, a sibling, a friend, another grown-up, their nana? Is it to the person who owns the pet dog who's going to play the trick? Think how that character, the one who received the trick, the bit of naughtiness, might feel. You need a sympathetic character who will tolerate the action just as Nana did. Or maybe a character who'll be a little bit upset so that the mischief maker has to put things right afterwards. Think of the age of the child when you're making that decision. Decide on what action is going to be made. Make sure it's fairly straightforward and easy enough for listeners to picture and enjoy, anticipating the incident, but also realising that it might go wrong. Make sure it is easy to put right. For example, if a child undoes a knot holding a toy boat steady and it starts to float away, make sure there is a way of recovering the knotted act easily by them or someone else with their help. Finish with a smile, a warm ending. Don't just end up with little brother sulking and upset or mum very cross. Those young listeners won't find it very satisfactory. They might find it worrying. And indeed, I know some kids who might worry after they've gone to bed and be giving you a bit of problem later on because they're upset. So tell it as a nice, enjoyable story, but one that works out. Remember, after all, everyone loves a happy ending. And that's my happy ending for this time. My podcasts are every three to four weeks. You can get them on every main uh, podcast uh, source and such as Podbean, Google, um, I think it's now on Spotify as well, I'm pleased to say, and many others. And you can also see it directly on my website, which is www.telltales2kids.com. It's all lowercase and the two is a figure not the word to. So www.telltales2kids.com And I hope to see you there. Not only will the podcast be there, but in a few days' time there'll be a transcript so that you can show the kids the story and you can just read it yourself to them if you prefer. Okay, thanks, bye.